Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, February 20th. Freedom is priceless. It's worth fighting for for as long as it takes. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. That was President Joe Biden during his unprecedented visit to Ukraine's capital today as Russia's war enters a new phase. President Joe Biden spent this President's Day making some presidential history. The president spent the day with Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky, pledging to keep the United States' support for the country for as long as it takes. One year later, Kyiv stands, and Ukraine stands, democracy stands, the Americans stand with you, and the world stands with you. As you might imagine, sending the president of the United States into an active war zone is not done lightly and not done without risk. President Biden was clearly aware of those risks, but he also got a very real-time example of the risk while he was on the ground in Kyiv. Listen. That is the sound of air raid sirens going off in Ukraine's capital while Biden and Zelensky walked the streets. Now, it's one thing when a president goes into an active war zone where there are U.S. military troops on the ground, like we saw with presidential visits to Iraq and Afghanistan in the last many years. But that is not the case here. This is a U.S. president going to an active war zone where there are no U.S. troops on the ground. But President Biden had made very clear to his team at the White House that he wanted to mark and commemorate this one-year anniversary, if you will, this this one year demarcation since Putin began Russia's totally unprovoked war in this effort to grab territory from a sovereign neighbor, Ukraine. And we find ourselves at a critical moment in this war. Russia is preparing a spring offensive while the West is tightening its sanction screws on Moscow. Ukraine is hoping to regain territory with a massive influx of weapons from the United States and its allies. And there is no clear indication at this one-year mark about how or when this war will come to an end. As the two presidents met on the ground in Kyiv, President Biden's focus was really on how Ukraine sees the coming months of fighting and what capabilities are needed for Ukraine to be successful. He really wanted a 2023 roadmap, if you will, from President Zelensky. That's what White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said. He added that Biden wanted to try to come to a common understanding of what the objectives are for this next year. In a joint press conference with Zelensky, Biden announced about a half a billion dollars in new aid for Ukraine and fresh sanctions on Russia coming later this week. Zelensky took a moment to thank the United States, its allies, and President Biden for the continued support for his country. The results of this visit will surely be seen and will surely have a reflection on the battlefield and in liberating our territories. 
That $460 million aid package that Biden was previewing includes more military equipment for Ukraine, such as more artillery ammunition for HIMARS and howitzers that Ukraine is using. It also includes more javelins, anti-armor systems, and air surveillance radars. Now, in addition to the security risk, there's always a lot of intrigue around how a presidential visit like this gets planned and executed. So how did it come to be this time around? Well, It was the work of months of planning by a small group of Biden's top aides. We knew Biden was going to be in Europe this week. He was originally scheduled publicly to leave for Poland Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for a two-day trip. Biden apparently made the final decision to visit Kyiv this past Friday. And once the trip was on, U.S. officials did let Moscow know that Biden was visiting to avoid an unthinkable disaster when Biden was there and try to deconflict in terms of any kind of attacks in the areas Biden would be. Of course, this Kiev trip was not on the president's official schedule. A person familiar with the matter said Biden was presented a range of options for a visit to Ukraine, but he decided Kiev made the most sense and he never really seriously considered any other locations in the country. Biden made that rationale clear today, too. I thought it was critical that there would not be any doubt, none whatsoever, about U.S. support for Ukraine. Plus, he followed in the footsteps of some of his foreign counterparts who each made the journey into Ukraine, like Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and French President Emmanuel Macron. Some Ukrainians that CNN spoke to today were happy to see a United States president in their country. Give a listen. It's good news because the world will uh, hear about Ukraine and don't forget that we have a war and uh, we suffer in different uh, difficult time here. It is support for us and a message for the Russians that this issue must be resolved and Ukraine must win. We hope that this visit will speed up the events. Zelensky made sure to note the bipartisan support for Ukraine in his remarks, and that is something that President Biden often touts as well as he did in Kyiv today. And it is true. It is a broad agreement about supporting Ukraine from Republicans and Democrats. But it is also true that there is a narrow sliver of the Republican Party which is eager to turn away from continuing to support Ukraine in its hour of need. And I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene, the controversial, conservative, MAGA-wing congresswoman from Georgia, summed it up mostly in this tweet. Quote, this is incredibly insulting. Today on our President's Day, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, chose Ukraine over America while forcing the American people to pay for Ukraine's government and war. Now, this is just a nonsensical tweet that Americans are being forced to pay for Ukraine's government and war. First of all, America's elected representatives have passed appropriation bills making funding available to send to Ukraine. So uh, there's nothing about being forced there. But it gives you the insight into what that wing of the party is going to do over this issue. And while it may not be with such extreme rhetoric, as this 2024 Republican primary for the presidency starts getting underway, be really attentive to the differences within the Republican primary field and the candidates about the level of support for Ukraine they're willing to commit to. Because if you look at public polling, it 
is Republicans who are more likely a year on into this war to be losing interest in it, uh, losing a desire to support it with financial aid and military aid, far more so than Democrats and independents. Now, on the whole, we do see a diminishment uh, from Americans broadly in its attention to this war and its support for the aid. But when you look inside the numbers, you see that is largely driven by Republican disenchantment with this. And so this is going to be a very interesting thread in American politics, the Ukraine issue going forward. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.